Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. It is a good thing that we testify of our faith. And what I mean by that is that we share with others that we are believers in Messiah Yeshua, that we are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. We should share that with others, but not only in words, but also in behavior. Meaning this, people should see how we behave, the decisions that we make, how we order our life, how we manage our life, and they should see that there's something very noticeable about our life, that we live different from those who belong to the world. And that difference is all because of our faith in Messiah Yeshua, that we believe the truth of God and we apply the truth of God to our life. So here's what we're going to talk about in this session. We're going to speak about being a godly manager. We need to realize something, that God has entrusted to every human being talents, meaning that we have ability. Some ability may be more than others and such, but everyone has a potential. And the question is this, and especially for believers, because we have been given more. What do I mean by that? As a believer, the Holy Spirit, Messiah says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And he says, I'm coming again to take you that where I am, you will be always, forever. Great news. But in the meantime, he says, I'm going to send a comforter. That is his spirit, the spirit of Messiah, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God. And he is going to move us, guide us, illuminate things for us, teach us so that we can be useful, that we can be profitable to God, that we can be good managers of all of our talents, all of our resources, all of our ability, that we can bring everything under God's authority and produce much fruit for the kingdom's sake. That is our call. So let me ask you a question. How are you doing in regard to that? Are you indeed a good manager of what God has entrusted to you? Well, we're going to see in this 25th chapter of Matthew's gospel an account and a story. Now, many see this as a parable, although it doesn't say emphatically it's a parable, but I believe it is. Messiah is teaching us a principle from this story, and these principles should rule your life and my life. So look with me to that location, Matthew chapter 25. Remember, Matthew 24, all about prophetic signs concerning the establishment of the kingdom of God. What's going to happen? 
And now we are learning in chapter 25 how we should take that truth and how it should impact, change our life so that we live, here's the key, that we live noticeably different, that we have a testimony, not just in word, but also in behavior, that people can see that we order, manage our life and the resources that we have in a very, very different way than the rest of the world. So look with me to Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14. For just as a man goes on a journey, he called to his own servants and he delivered to them his assets. Now, this means his possessions, his goods, his resources. Now, probably not all of them, but a percent of them. And we find in verse 15, it says, and to one, he gave five talents. To the second one, he gave two. And to another, that is the third one, he gave one. Now, before we go any further, we need to know what a talent is. Now, in this case, we're not talking about a personal talent, some ability, some skill that someone has, but we're talking about a weight. In the biblical language, a talent is a measurement, a weight of how much something weighs. And obviously, if we're talking about gold or silver, the more something weighs, the more valuable it is. So a talent is a a measurement. And he gave five of these measurements to one, two of these measurements to another, and still one of these measurements to another. And then what happens? Well, look at this again, the whole 15th verse. And he gave five talents to one, and he gave two talents to another, and one talent to another, and it says, to each according to his own And the word literally is power, but in this case, it probably means ability. So the one who received five, he was more talented. He had a greater ability to to manage. But nevertheless, everyone, and this is important, everyone received something. So after that he gave these talents, these five and two and one talents to these three servants. Notice what it says at the end of verse 15. And he went away immediately, verse 16. Now we're going to see after receiving from their Lord, the master of that estate, what did they do? We're going to see each one what his behavior was, how he managed the assets that he was entrusted with. Verse 16. But the one who had received five talents, he he goes forth, and what does he do? He conducts business with them, meaning he, he worked with them. He did commerce with them. He utilized these resources for business endeavors and what does it say at the end of verse 16 and he made another five talents so this one who had five now based upon his business activity he doubled his money 
He now has a total of 10 talents. So he's done very well. Let's move on to the next one. We see here, verse 17, likewise or similarly also, the one who had two, he profited also the same two in the same measurement. So now we would be concluding that this one who had two, he now has four. He profited altogether. Now two, but he has together four. Verse 18. But the one who received one, he went away and he dug in the ground and he hid the money. Literally, this is word silver. Normally, a talent is a measurement for silver. So he hid the silver that belonged to his master. Verse 19. Now, the master went away. And we see that the first one doubled the asset from five to ten. The second one from two to four. But this one, what did he do? He didn't profit anything. He didn't engage. He didn't work. He didn't labor. He did not engage in commerce. All he did was to dig a hole, bury that money, cover it up, and did nothing until now. And notice something, look at our, our verse, verse 19, but with much time. That means after much time had passed, the Lord of these servants, he came and he took up with them an account, meaning he wanted an accounting. What did each one of these three servants do with these assets? What type of managers were they? Were they successful? Were they hardworking? What did they do with what he entrusted them with? And we're going to see his response to each one of them. Look now to, to verse 20. And the one who had received five talents came, and he brought five talents other talent saying lord very important lord five talents to me you gave behold five additional talents i have profited with them so he simply gives the account that he profited 100 percent. he doubled the money and notice the master this lord's response verse 21 and the Lord, his Lord, literally, said to him, well done. It's a word for good. It's the same word that the gospel relates to, the good news. And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Over a little you were faithful, but now, he says, over much you I will set. So because this one was successful, profitable, he used his talent in order to profit twofold, doubling his money. And he says, you were given a little bit, but now 
you are going to be much. I am setting you, and this word you is emphatic here. I am setting you over much. And then notice the last part of the verse. He says, verse verse 21, where he says to him, enter into the joy of your Lord. Isn't that a great, great passage? Enter into the joy of your Lord. When we are committed to the things of God and our life reflects that, when we enter into the kingdom of God, it is going to be a great place of joy. He is going to share not just his blessings, not just the fulfillment of his promises, not just being in the kingdom of God, but we are going to be a recipient of the great joy of the Lord. What a wonderful hope, a sure hope we have if we are good managers of what God has entrusted to us. Now let's look at verse 22. But the one who had received two talents, he came and he said, Lord, Two talents to me you gave. Behold, two additional talents I have profited with them. So he shares this same ratio, this same performance. He's doubled the money. And once again, in the same way, even though he only has four compared to the one who now has ten, notice that's the same response. Notice what the scripture says in verse 23. His Lord says to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Over a little, you have been faithful. Now over much, I appoint you. And again, he says, literally, you I will set over. So it's this, this blessing of receiving more. In the same way that there was a profit for the master, now he's going to, even in a greater uh, uh, relationship, profit this servant is going to be over much. And likewise, what else does he say? Look at the end of verse 23. Enter into the joy of your servant, verse 24. So the first two, very similar. Different talent, Different ability, different investment, but nevertheless, they were both equally faithful. And God was equally pleased with them. And they received a similar response. But notice this third one. He behaved differently. What did he do? Verse 24. But the one who had received one talent came and he said, and we need to stop for a moment because there's a very significant change. Now, we saw the first two, it says, the one who had received five, the one who had received two, but here we have a very significant grammatical construction for this word, receiving. This one who received one, what did he do? Well, the change in the grammar says that this one liked the status quo. He didn't do 
anything to bring about a change. What was, is, and what is, will be. There's no change. He did not affect things one bit. And this outlines a great problem. And that problem is when our faith doesn't bring any change. Us being a believer, us being part of a situation, a member of a family, part of a business, whatever it might be, part of a community, part of a local congregation, our faith and our presence there doesn't change anything. We simply keep things as they were, no different than what the world does. When we behave in this way, God's not going to be pleased. So notice the the statement here, verse 24. This one who had received one talent, he, he came and he said, Lord, now he calls him Lord, but is he really a servant of this one? He says, Lord, having known that you are a difficult, and this can mean a harsh or hard man, knowing that you are a difficult man, and it says, reaping where you, where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter. He says, verse 25, also being afraid. Now, was he really afraid? If this one is a custom, I'm speaking about the Lord, the master in this case. In this account, this story, this third servant, he says, I know you. I know that you are a harsh individual, difficult, and that you are accustomed from reaping where, where you didn't sow and, and bringing in, gathering things that you didn't scatter. Now, this man is accompanied or accustomed to success, profit. Now, knowing this, why, why would he do what he said? He said, knowing this, I went away and I hid your talent in the ground. What, what's that going to do for him? What type of profit is that going to produce? The answer is nothing. Is this man making decisions? Is he behaving in a way that's going to please his Lord? And obviously the answer, and we'll see this without any uncertainty, the answer is no. He says, behold, you have what is yours. So what he does is this. He says, I've dug up this, this, this silver of yours. It was one talent in weight. And now take what is yours. You have back what you gave to me. Did that meet the expectations of the master? It did not. He was very unpleased with this servant. And how can I know this? Well, look now to verse 26. But his master answered. He said to him, wicked servant and lazy. So a wicked and lazy servant. You knew, and this is a very important word, you knew that, that I reap where I did not sow, and I gather where I did not scatter. He says, you know me, and you know what I'm accustomed to, that I always get profit. 
And now you're going to give to me just the asset that I entrusted to you back? He says, you knew this, but this word for knowing is very important. It is, and this is why we need to pay attention to grammar, because this is in the pluperfect. And the pluperfect is a tense that speaks about something that is remote, something that is distant. In this case, he really didn't know. His knowledge was very, very distant, very remote. He didn't know who his master was. Now, he did up here, but not where it counts, not in his heart, not in a way that changed his behavior. He didn't do what was pleasing to his master. He says, you knew that I reap where I did not sow and I gather where I did not scatter. He says, therefore, would it not be necessary for you to cast the money, my money, my silver to the tables, that is to the banks and coming when I come, I would receive what is mine, and here's the key, with interest. He says, minimally, that could have been done. That would have required no work whatsoever. And here's what we can take away from it. If that's what he wanted, he could have done that. He could have deposited. It would have been no different work than giving it to that servant or giving it to the bank. At least with the bank, he's saying, there would have been interest. I would have profited some. I'm accustomed to profit. Things going well. But this one, he did not behave in this manner. And notice verse 28. Therefore, very important words. This helps us understand the character of Messiah. So that when we go before him, we're not surprised that we have a right understanding of the character and the expectations of Messiah. We read, Therefore, take from him that talent, that one talent, and give it to the one having ten talents. Why? Verse, verse 29. For to whom has all, it will be given in abundance. So the one who has everything, it is going to be given to him in abundance. But from the one that does not have, even what he does have will be taken away from him. Now, that might be surprising to you. I mean, this may not be your understanding of God. Here's one that has 10 talents. And he's going to take that one talent away from this one who only has one and give it to the one that has 10. And what's he going to do with that one who was not profitable? Pay attention to this. This should speak to us. This is a, a conclusion that should produce a change in how many people think that we would live in a way that is a demonstration of our good skill as a manager wanting to produce things for the kingdom purpose. Look at verse, verse 20, uh, verse 30. And that servant was, was worthless. He says, this worthless servant cast into darkness. And it says outer darkness, meaning utter darkness, 
where there is where there is weeping and the gnashing of teeth now notice something here we see frequently messiah speaking about two possibilities don't don't put this aside you need to pay great attention to this messiah he speaks about two possibilities what's the first having joy in his kingdom that he is going to bring us into the location of his joy what a wonderful hope the other possibility and there's only two no place in between he says take this worthless servant one who did not produce anything one who did not act in light of what he knew concerning me and he says cast him into outer darkness where there's going to be weeping and the gnashing of teeth this should get your attention now let me tell you that there's really just two types of people there is going to be one type of person that hears about weeping gnashing of teeth being cast into other outer darkness forever and ever and that person's going to scoff at that doesn't really believe that they'll say well that's not the the god that's that's the old testament god that's not that's not messiah who's speaking who says this yeshua says it it is indeed the biblical god the problem is that all too often there are those that distort the character of god the biblical character of god so there are going to be those that just kind of scoff at this and there's others that are going to say oh my i'm not being that good steward i'm not being a godly manager of what god has entrusted to me the holy spirit he's leading one way but 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 i rebel against that i'm doing what i want and i'm exploiting the grace of god i'm misappropriating the resources the assets that god has entrusted to me whether they be financial whether they be physical whether they be intelligence or whether they be some ability some skill use what god has given to you for his glory because there is indeed a judgment day coming and you are going to find yourself in one of two places either if you're a non-believer before that great white throne judgment and in the end you will be cast away just what he says into outer darkness and to where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth forever and ever the second possibility is that you're going to go before the bema seat that judgment seat of messiah for rewards and you're going to have an opportunity to testify what messiah his spirit that spirit of truth the spirit of righteousness that he placed within you what did he that holy spirit what did he produce in your life you don't want to go and have nothing to show you don't want to take what god has given to you and bury it in the ground and return it just the same way we want to be fruitful we want to be successful prosperous in the things of god in the kingdom things for his glory mm-hmm.
Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Shalom from Israel.